I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Hi, everybody. I'm not Juliet. And I'm not Theo. And this, and this is, is Apologies Accepted. Apologies Accepted. I apologize to you for <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> and welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We're very excited to be here today to talk about Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson this tiny little bit. Um, but first, uh, Theo, how's your week been? You've had some exciting weather down there in Austin, Texas. Yeah, hell froze over, um, yeah. and the power went out for lots of people. Um, we were really lucky. We had power. We had heat. Worst that happened to us was our pipes froze uh, for a couple of days, but they thawed out, and they're wow. working fine, so cool. And okay. we have a leak in the roof, but it's such minor things to even mention. Um, yeah. What's... I, I don't want to say, like, what's confusing to me, but... So the snow melted pretty much on Saturday... Uh, today's Sunday, and all the grocery stores have been picked clean, and gas stations don't have gas. And I'm kind of like, it's over, though. What? Did you guys know that it was going to get cold before it happened, or was it just like blammo? We knew. We knew. You didn't um, know. Yeah. And my sister sent me a text well before the storm hit saying, hey, you should go to the grocery store and pick up some things. And yeah. I thought... Oh my God! Yeah, I totally should. Why? Why am I not thinking <laughs> about that? Yeah. So, um, I mean, ever since the pandemic, we've been very good about keeping at keeping least stock. a week's supply of food around. Yeah. Yeah. So, us too. Yeah. So for sure. For us, it was fine. So, but your weather, your weather's warmed up now, and it, it's uh, at least the weather is not acting against you anymore. Me personally, the weather is not yeah, out to attack personally. me. Yeah. You uh, yeah. So, no. So, you know, um, it's been good. It's been rough in my neighborhood. Uh, there are people who died in my neighborhood. We had mm. a house that caught on fire because people were using the uh, cooker. Propane. Gas stove, top. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, really? Yeah. Using the oven inside. See, James calls them cookers, and I grew up huh. that they were stoves, right? The stoves. And so... I now fall apart when I have to talk about the thing that you cook on in your house because I'm like, what word is the word? Um, the so, word? yeah, so people were using How their How do you say that up. in English? How do you, what yeah. is it? Yeah. Um, and so, so you know, uh, again, any it was fine for us. It was the guilt of having access to resources, knowing that other people didn't, and then kind of the anxiety of, was our good luck going to hold out or are we going to mm-hmm. also be without? Um, and now that that's all over, it's just kind of like, yay, thank God. Everything will be back to normal by Wednesday. and It'll just be the pandemic and politics. Oh, my God. Jeez. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry you guys went through that. That's really that's really rough. Yeah. Well, the best part but... is that uh, Ted Cruz uh, had a great reason <laughs> to go to Cancun. And now everybody has another great reason to really hate Ted Cruz. And what's weird yay. is... The thing that people are most angry about is his dog Snowflake. 
and how they left the dog behind when they went on vacation and left it in the care of one of their security guards. Now, whether they had heat and power, I don't know. His wife sent out a group text to friends saying, it's freezing in the house. It's freezing. So, you know, um, so people are more angry. I'm sorry? So I said, let's go to Cancun. They did have really good prices at the Ritz-Carlton, though. (laughs) 300 bucks a night. That's pretty good. And I'm sure they will continue to have great prices at the Ritz-Carlton Cancun, a sponsor of our show. We should go. The most gorgeous hotel in Mexico. Um, So, yeah, it's all fucked up. But uh, things will get back to normal quickly. How are you? How are things? What's it like in a normal city? Uh, it's not, it's not snowing. It's been raining, but that's totally acceptable. Um, I'm looking out the window right now and it's, the skies are blue and it is not too cold. So, I mean, for me, it's probably 50 something. So that's not too cold. Um, nothing's going on. It's been the usual week. Good. Frankly. So, Good. So <laughs> Sorry, I don't have anything the pandemic. to talk about. Just oh. the pandemic for me and politics. Oh my but. God. Uh, James' mom was exposed to COVID in the hospital. She went to the hospital again, unfortunately, and oh no. uh, was in a shared room. And the woman in the room oh no. had COVID. And so, oh no. Well, so the good news is that she was vaccinated about two weeks ago. And, oh, good. Uh, oh, thank God. So, yes. So, perfect timing. Ooh. And she's tested negative so far twice. And okay. she'll be, and she's much better now. She could be released from the hospital, but they're going to do a couple more days and a couple more tests. And, you know, um, we have our fingers crossed that that vaccine is as, Does its job. as yeah, probably will. promising as it <laughs> seems to be in preventing severity if you do contract COVID. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it will be fine. Yeah. I'm so sure it'll thank, all be thank fine. Thank God she got it. Did she just get the first one, the first shot? She did get the first shot. Um, I think it's Pfizer, but whatever it is, okay. I'm going to say it's a real vaccine as opposed to yeah. uh, the um, AstraZeneca one, which... Um, That's totally a real vaccine. Mm, I'm not a fan now. Why? Well, I, it, because it's not as effective against the South African variant and oh. they had to pull it back out of stage three clinical testing a while back. And because it no, clocks in at a... It wouldn't oh. have been released if they pulled it out of phase three. I th- Well, I think they a while back, I think they huh. pulled it out of phase three. And now... Huh. Um, yeah, I just... I mean... Oh, okay. I'll have to look into that. I don't know. If somebody said, Got we me. have AstraZeneca, or you could wait a year to get... Give me the AstraZeneca. Give me whatever I can get. So, yeah, yeah, totally. So I shouldn't be a, a vaccine snob, but I can't help it. Yes. This uh, podcast brought to you by Pfizer and Moderna. <laughs> by AstraZeneca <laughs> and Oxford. <laughs> so um, today oh, we're going to talk about... Today we are what? going to talk about a new segment we need to introduce into the show before we start. So sorry, oh, yeah. everybody. Oh, I know yeah, we're yeah, really yeah. excited to get to Britney Spears and the Justin Timberlake apology, and we're there, but I have a quick... I don't like the word correction, so since I'm kind of, I'm never really ever wrong, I'm just sometimes misinformed mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. so I'm introducing a new segment for us, and it's called Even Writer, that's R-I-G-H-T-E-R, <laughs> because we're always right. Perfect. But sometimes- Always right. Sometimes, sometimes we're more right than others. Yeah, we weren't, I was not as right when I said <laughs> that- uh, Liza Minnelli starred in the original version of A Star is Born. 
That was Judy Garland, who is Liza Minnelli's mother. And lots and Liza of people Minnelli hadn't mix even been up. born yet. She was eight years old at oh, the time okay. they were filming A Star is Born, and she desperately wanted the lead, but she was too short. <laughs> <laughs> so they would give it to her. I'm shaking my head. So, <laughs> all right. So, do we have any any other um, more writer than thou? No, that's the only thing that uh, okay, that we need. Excellent. And I'll forget all about that segment because I'll never make another mistake ever again. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry to wrench the wheel there, but I wanted that's to all make right. sure. Now, can we talk about Britney Spears? Um, I guess so. <laughs> so actually this is not this is this is about Britney Spears, but it's not about Britney Spears. So um I um want to talk about Justin Timberlake primarily. So Justin Timberlake was Britney Spears' first kiss. In 1992, on the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, they had crushes on each other. Um, just around the time her first album, Baby One More Time, hit it big, get it? And his second NSYNC album was released. They later started dating officially in about 1999 when she was older, and they seemed like the perfect couple, um, living together, winning awards, and making millions until their extremely public breakup in 2002, at which time he vaguely accused her of cheating on him via a music video uh, in his first solo album and told the world they'd had sex, despite Britney's previous vow to wait until marriage. And um, Britney seems like a really private person to me, and I don't think she would have wanted him to tell them that, tell the world that. But he did. Um, former MTV VJ Dave Holmes said people treated her like she was the school slut and he was the quarterback. Um, and he noted that Timberlake weaponized the idea that she cheated for one of his singles. And uh, Justin Timberlake has been accused of using Britney to launch his solo career. But Britney, of course, had become massively famous on her own. Um, I won't go through her career here, but feel free to jump in, Theo, if you have um, additional comments. But she has become extremely successful with her net worth about $60 million. And despite being famous and rich, she also seems to be a very sweet person. Well, and so this is the, this is the thing about Britney and Justin. Right. Mm -hmm. And I can't believe we're having this conversation for real because we are the least two pop centric. And we've said that before on other episodes, but we're going to talk about the relationship between Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake in the 90s. Oh my God. This is what I've come to. Yes, exactly. Well, but at the same (laughs) time, we also understand who they are because they are both from small towns in the South, religious families. Um, you know, I, they're not, they're not from Hollywood families. They're not from wealthy families. Um, they, they, neither are we both and neither are we. Um, (laughs) so Brittany and Justin grew up in a small town, um, different small towns and, and you'd think they'd both be super sweet people, but, um, Brittany is a very super sweet person, um, but unfortunately, she's had some hard times. Uh, the first thing I remember hearing about that made me raise my eyebrows about Brittany was in 2004 when she married um, her childhood friend, Jason Allen Alexander, not the Jason Alexander from Seinfeld, at uh, a little white wedding chapel in Las Vegas. The marriage was annulled uh, like three days later after a petition to the court that stated that Brittany Spears quote, lacked understanding of her actions, unquote. And I don't know if that was because, was she drunk? Was she high? Was, you know, it, it was she incompetent? I don't know. It, I don't think it said, and I don't think there's any way for us to know that. that. But, um, but their marriage was annulled. She later, not too long after that, um, went on to marry Kevin Federline, 
uh, whom she divorced in 2006 and shared joint custody of their two children. I forget their two kids' names, Sean and something else. Um, Why would you name your kids something else? These celebrity names. You can tell which one Apple, is the favorite. <laughs> Blue North. You know, beautiful, yeah, yeah. beautiful kids. But not but. something else. Um, so in 2006, she divorced Kevin Federline. The next year was a hard year for her. In 2007, her aunt died. She was photographed driving with a child in her lap, which everyone got really mad about. Um, she was in rehab for a day. Um, and then on, on the, on, when she left rehab, she shaved her head, which people really got upset about too. And then she was in rehab, um, several other times over the next few months. Um, this is when she attacked a paparazzi's car with an umbrella and after all this, she lost custody of her kids uh, in October of 2007. And the court did not reveal the reasons that she lost custody, but I think we have an idea. Um, in January in 2008, she refused to relinquish custody of her sons to Kevin Federline's representatives. And after that, she was hospitalized after police noted that she appeared to be under the influence of an unidentified substance. The next day, her visitation rights were suspended at an emergency court hearing and Kevin Federline was given sole physical and legal custody of their children. She was committed to the psychiatric ward of Ronald Reagan UCLA Medical Center, gag me, oh, and no. put on a 5150 involuntary psychiatric hold under California state law. Uh, the court then placed her under a conservatorship led by her father, Jamie Spears, who for a long time I thought was her sister, who's Jamie Lynn. And I was like, her sister is her conservator? But, um, but no. Um, so the conservatorship was led by her father, Jamie Spears, and attorney Andrew Wallet, giving them complete control of her assets. And uh, then she was released. Uh, she was only on the 5150 hold for five days. And I'm just going to call foul on uh, Andrew Wallet because mm -hmm. that is lazy writing. That is a <laughs> dumb last name for an attorney who is stepping in to arguably help a father take control of his daughter's money. Um, lots of money. Lots of money. And her father, Jamie, um, and mind you, I get all of this from a documentary that I saw of framing Britney Spears. Uh, and technically, because it took me forever to find the stupid documentary. It was a good documentary. Uh -huh. It was good. Uh -huh. But it took me forever because the actual title of the documentary is The New York Times Presents. Oh, and wow. so if you're looking for this documentary and you're looking for framing Britney Spears and you keep getting not that it's because you have to say you have to mention the New, the York, New York Times, Times presents. super wow. annoying. But yeah, so I mean, whoever's writing this season of reality, <laughs> really, come on. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. I'm also just going to call objection right here to Officer Goodman. Because that is also lazy writing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The character oh, trait funny. of the character shouldn't be the character's mm. name. That's just, you got to try harder. Right? So, okay, we have uh, Andrew Wallet uh, as one of the co-conservators. And now I got my joke about lazy, lazy writing. Yeah, that's... Crazy writing. Crazy writing. That's called crazy talking, too. I can't believe I did that. I'm, I'm awake. Click. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have we'll a clicker. 
we have a clicker, um, and I think we'll just leave this in so people can yeah. see a little Our, behind the I scenes. When I say click, it's a joke because we have a clicker that when we say something that embarrasses us or that we don't want to leave in the podcast, or we, this should we be click, said in public, or this should be said in public. <laughs> We click our clicker, and then our beautiful, wonderful producer, Brent, um, Our amazing, amazing, talented, genius producer, the train wrecks we have him weekly. handsome, my husband. So kind. (laughs) Yes, all those things. So anyway, um, where were we? Andrew Wallet? We were talking about how great our producer is. Um, But yes, so Andrew Wallet, and then carry on, I derailed you. Okay, no, I I just want to talk about the conservatorship a bit because this really interested me. And this is slightly off topic because what we're here to talk about is the apology that Justin Timberlake makes um, to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. But I think this is just as interesting. So uh, I went to the the website of the Judicial Branch of California, which uh, explains that a conservatorship is uh, where a judge appoints a responsible person or organization called the conservator to care for another adult called the conservatee, who cannot care for himself or herself or manage his or her or their own finances. Um, The ACLU is suspicious, though, that conservatorships could be used to deprive disabled people of their rights. The ACLU uh, tried to fight but lost California's recent expansion of state law to make it easier to place homeless, mentally ill, and addicted people under conservatorship against their will. Uh, Zoe Brennan Crone, a staff attorney in San Francisco with the Disability Rights Project of the ACLU, Um, noted that civil liberties advocates regard the legal process of conservatorships as extreme, opaque, paternalistic, and often unnecessary. And she says that Britney Spears' case doesn't seem to meet the state standard for conservatorship, which is that the person cannot cooperate with a plan to meet their basic needs. So uh, you would think that Britney Spears making all this money and going on all these tours, um, which I'll talk about in a second, um, would indicate that she can meet her her own basic needs. But... I'm not the court, and I don't have access to the court documents. So um, Brennan Crone went on to say, as a general matter, we worry about conservatorships and have found that it's very easy to get into and extremely hard to get out of. It can seem to be a sort of benign process if the conservator is well-meaning, but even if it seems benign, the person does not have their rights about basic things. So basically what happens if you're in a conservatorship, you, you can't really control your own life. You maybe get an allowance, if you're lucky, I guess, um, from your finances. You you get told what to do and how to do it. You're essentially a part. child. You have zero say basically a child. over your own life. And there's two types of conservatorship. There's one that's of the body or of the person. And then there's one that's of the estate. So somebody who can't bathe themselves or maybe can't make decisions about their own health care um, will be placed under a conservatorship. And then, and you typically see this with children and parents, right? So, oh, my mother can't take care of herself yes. now. So I will select the doctor that she's going to see. I yes. will make the decisions about the treatment that she will receive. Although my mother right. is perfectly fine and able to talk and walk, uh, I have the legal authority to do this. Um, so Britney Spears is under both types of conservatorship. She's under of yep. the body and of the estate. And of the estate, like I could kind of see if it was one of those instances of a celebrity who's spending all their money like mad. I mean, Michael Jackson basically right. went broke and Mariah Carey was dangerously close to running out of yeah. uh, Hello Kitty toys. Um <laughs> 
But they, you know, they got that say, under... What did you spend all your money on? Hello Kitty toys. Um, oh, my God. They were fascinating, though. Oh, my God. Um, and so, and I think for a while, Britney Spears was also kind of in that camp. There were some stories yeah. that I recall during the time of, like, is she going to have to sell her, her house in order to afford X, Y, or Z? Or she has to move from her big house into a smaller house. Um, and so, on one hand, I could I could see, like... I don't know that a conservatorship would really do it, but having a different financial consultant or something. But but either way, so she's under these dual conservatorships, and there's a photo of her from 2008 um, where she is walking with, um, I think it's with her father. But mm-hmm. in this uh, photo, she's holding an AT&T BlackBerry phone, which basically is like a jitterbug telephone like you can make some phone calls on it and you can receive some text messages but you can't access the internet and it just to me seemed like such an odd phone for such a famous and wealthy person to have she obviously has access to instagram though well she does now so that was 2008 um i don't know what's happened over the last 10 years or whatever um in in terms in terms of that uh and and yes, uh, so let's see. So uh, at a certain point, Brittany did want to contest the conservatorship. And as you said, that's a hard thing to do because yeah. the conservatee, the person who's being cared for, has to prove that they are sane. And yeah. proving you're sane is harder than proving somebody's insane. Because just in the same way that if you say the same word again and again and again, and it just stops to make sense, right? Um, Right, right. Sanity is also kind of that thing. Anybody can look insane at any minute. Let me ask you a question, though. I thought, and I looked looked into this a little bit, um, that what she opposed in 2020 was her father's position as the sole conservator of her state, not the conservatorship itself. Uh, so this was uh, this was in 2008. And so, yes, uh, in okay. 2020, you're right. Um, in 2008, when uh, when all this was brewing, she was um, she she hired an attorney because she wasn't excited about this idea of a conservatorship. Right. Mm -hmm. And the attorney that she hired was this guy named Adam Streisand. And that is Liza Minnelli's brother. (laughs) Cause somehow Barbara Streisand, Liza Minnelli and Judy Garland are like grandmother, mother, daughter. They're related somehow. Somehow, right. So actually, no, it turns out he's the second cousin of Barbara Streisand. And I was really excited to discover that. And not Liza Minnelli (laughs) at all. No. Um, (laughs) He wishes. And so they met at the Beverly Hills Hotel. And during that conversation where she is explaining to him what she wants and, and... what her you mean they met at the Beverly Hills Hotel, like in the pool, or they met? They had a meeting at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't oh, you know the story about how she was swimming in the pool, and this very <laughs> handsome second cousin he, of Barbara Streisand came swimming up to her? No, um, <laughs> you look like you need an attorney. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, that's not how it happened, everybody. And I'm sure you know that already. I'm sure you're all very annoyed. Um, so they had a meeting at the Beverly okay. Hills Hotel. <laughs> it may be in the bar. I'm not sure. Um, and she says to him, basically, listen, I know that this conservatorship is unavoidable. I know that it's going to have to happen. Just not my uh -huh. dad. Just anybody but my dad. Uh, so even then she was saying, not my dad, right? And, and apparently her dad was never really interested in her growing up until she started making a lot of money. Well, that's, that's what the impression I got from the from the documentary anyway. The same impression I received from the documentary. And, you know, <laughs> did they want, did the documentary set it up right. so that we would have that impression? Yeah, um, who knows? I'm going to say I kind of see a pattern there with like Joe Jackson uh, controlling the Jackson 5 and Michael right. Jackson. You know, yeah. these... Uh, and uh, Jessica Simpson's father uh, mm -hmm. controlling her and her career for a very long time. So not out of bounds that that this could yeah. happen. Um, could happen. So in, um, in Adam Streisand's second cousin of Barbara, in his <laughs> assessment, he feels his client is a sound mind, sound enough. And he goes to a judge yeah. and says... Hey, I want to represent her. And the judge basically says, uh, listen, you can't because of um, court documents and mental health diagnoses that the judge had access to. He uh -huh. determined that Britney Spears, regardless of what anybody might say, is incapable of making logical decisions for herself. So she does wow. not have the, and this was a judge, does not have the mental capacity to hire you, Adam Streisand. Sorry. Right? Wow. And so she had a court-appointed attorney. Uh, his last name's Ingram. Um, mm -hmm. And he's been with her ever since. Um, so... It was just interesting to me that at least, and again, all this is coming from that documentary, but it's the New York Times presents. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to assume a certain amount of fact checking. Yeah, you would, you would, you would assume a certain amount of fact. I have to assume a certain amount of fact checking because New York Times, I can't do your job for you. <laughs> I know you want me to, but I can't. Um, and so check your facts. So yes, in 2008, a, a temporary conservatorship is initially uh, put into place and then it's made permanent in October. Okay. So then she's had this, this conservatorship since then, and she's been making a lot of money. Um, I'll talk about that in a minute, like I said. Um, and, it, but in 2020, she decided that she didn't, well, she not didn't decide, but she, um, decided to contest her father's position as a sole conservator of her state and asked the court to limit his control. Um, her attorney Ingham said, Brittany strongly prefers to have a qualified corporate fiduciary in the role, and she's made several attempts to do so. So she wanted Jody Montgomery to be the permanent conservator of her person. So Montgomery is a professionally licensed conservator, and she temporarily took over the role from her father when he volunteered to briefly step down because he was having health problems. So... In November of last year, a judge granted Brittany's wish to appoint an outside financial group, Bessemer Trust, as co-conservator of her estate. So now Bessemer Trust and her father are co-conservators of her estate, and her father, I believe, is still conservator of her person. Is that right? 
Uh, that I don't know, to be honest. I know you're right about the about the money uh, in, yeah. in terms of the financial conservatorship. And that's really all I tracked um, because okay. it just seemed like the conservatorship of the body isn't as big a deal as the conservatorship of the finances. Because under finances... finances um, that uh, contracts fall under finances. So who's ever controlling that aspect of things is negotiating her tour deals. Yes. Her record deals. Yes. Speaking of which, um, during the course of her conservatorship, she's released four albums, guest starred on three major TV shows, served as a mentor during one season of The X Factor, toured the world, and had a Las Vegas residency, which was one of the most successful residencies of, of all time in Las Vegas. And she did this while having absolutely no personal autonomy um, in the eyes of the law. So you would think that she has some capacity um, based on all this stuff that she's done. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, her lawyer does say that the conservatorship, quote, rescued her from collapse exploitation by predatory individuals and financial ruin. And Brittany is not requesting a dissolution of the conservatorship. She just wants her dad out of the picture. Right. And why they won't do that. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me when there are professional conservators out there. And that's the part that I don't. Don't get. Yeah. I don't Clearly get I don't get it because I, guess... I can't finish a sentence about it. <laughs> if she, but if she's if she's deemed incapable by the law, then then she's probably deemed incapable of requesting another conservator. So her she doesn't have a voice really in her own care. Yeah, this is the whole point of a conservatorship. Exactly. Unfortunately, so I mean, no matter how capable she actually is, she um, is not seen as capable by the law. Um, although she has still had some issues with uh, with her mental health, she checked into what they called a wellness facility at USA Today for some me time. Um, she said her family had been going through a lot of stress and anxiety, and she just needed time to deal. So, you know, maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Well, there's it is hard to say. But as as we're learning about all things Brittany, Nothing is as it appears on the surface. So that tweet wasn't a tweet. Was it a tweet? It was an Instagram post uh, yeah. that she put out where she said, everybody does, everyone needs some me time. That was uh, ended with an emoticon, which was oh, right. a smiley face emoticon. Mm -hmm. So you have colon and uh, close end parents. Um, yeah. However, she usually pretty much consistently always only uses emojis. And so yeah. there's a, uh, there's a podcast called Britney's Graham, which looks at her Instagram posts and it's two Britney fans who try and sort of decode the messages that Britney might be sending in the post. And I'm going to say <laughs> that secret messages, well, maybe, maybe secret, but more, more open to interpretation. And a fair number of these Instagram posts do seem to, you could argue, point to openings and getting away and seeking freedom and liberation, right? Oh, she said herself that she would like to be um, less controlled. Yeah. And so um, in 2019... 
she's went dark on Instagram. And then a couple of months later, there appears this, everyone needs a me time with the emoticon and mm-hmm. her uh, fans and the, and the Brittany Graham people smelled a fish. And this mm-hmm. is what heated up the, is that an expression? Yes. Okay. <laughs> After I said it, I was like, that's funny. That's dumb though. Okay. <laughs> it smelled a fish. I smell a fish. <laughs> um, and, they received a phone call. So the Brittany Graham podcast <laughs> received a phone call from somebody who uh-huh. claimed to be a paralegal. And he said, I was oh, a paralegal yeah. on the Brittany conservatorship. Oh, it's those two from the documentary. Oh, yeah. The blonde woman and the other one, the redhead. Yeah. The yeah. It's, the, it's, those okay. two, it's those two women. Okay. And... Um, and so the phone call they received was from somebody who said, hey, I have inside knowledge. Brittany was put away without her consent. She was oh. she was forced into. And if Another you think about somebody who doesn't have control over their own person or their own right. finances, can you check yourself into? No, you can't. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. That's and true. Could you be put into a home? Yeah, you could. Right? Oh, yeah, anytime. Um, and so, of course, this happens after she uh, walks out of her residency in Las Vegas. Right, which she did, like, live. Like, they were, it was the big Straight ceremony. They were getting ready to announce it. off the stage it. and into a limousine. People were there. The TV cameras were there. It was going to be this whole big announcement of her, her new residency. And she just walked right past the stage. So if you were Britney's dad... Let's say. Oh boy, I'd be mad. I'm making yeah. this up. Yeah. Oh, you'd be mad because somebody is doing a power flex. All right, daddy, yeah. you're controlling everything and you won't go away from the conservatorship. Well then yeah. you won't have much to control. Right? Right. So what happens? Somebody gets sent into their room and is grounded. <sighs> oh, but not in their mansion. They're grounded in a medical hospital. So her dad very well could have put her away to say, listen. If the monkey doesn't sing, the monkey doesn't eat. Let's talk about something now. So I made that expression. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to ignore that one. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is so fucked sometimes. Swear. All right. So, um, how many men have fucked up their lives and done stupid things and hurt people? Have you met a man? <laughs> if you've met a man, you know a man who's done it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, really, though, I mean, I can't think of, well, I can think of Hunter S. Thompson, for example. Like, why wasn't he committed? Why wasn't about he Johnny placed under Depp? conservatorship? How about Johnny Depp? How about any number of men? And none of them, to my knowledge, the famous people none have been have placed under conservatorship. Wanna none of them are women. Them. I think it's about being a woman and being infantilized as a result of being a woman and not being allowed to make your own decisions. I think that she probably needed help when she was um, in 2008, 2009, when she was going through all that stuff. But I mean, a lot of men have been to rehab and not been committed, um, you know, to mental institutions and forced into a conservatorship. And a lot of men have been to... um, to mental hospitals and not had every right they have taken away from them. So it just uh, seems obvious to me that this is a function of her being a woman. Although, I mean, 
Fortunately, this doesn't happen very often at all. I think this is the only example that I know of personally that isn't the example of a child having conservatorship of their parent because the parent is no longer capable of caring for themselves. I've never heard of this happening in any other type of, of situation before. Oh, Britney I've Spears. never heard of this in this way. Although, did it happen to Frances Farmer? She was committed, but I don't think she was placed under a conservatorship. Doesn't she make chocolate? <laughs> No, we'll have to look at. We'll you're have to look asking the, the wrong Francis person that so, question. <laughs> I saw the look on your face. It was like I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I saw a movie about Happy Days Are Here Again or something starring Francis McDonald Farmer. Oh um, my God! <laughs> you're so far off track. I can't. I don't even know where to start. But um, but maybe Francis Farmer. I know she was committed um, and she was not able to control her own life. But I'm not sure that it was, there was a conservatorship or anything like that. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Um, let's talk about anything the... other than Francis Farmer. <laughs> something that you know about yes. the documentary framing Britney Spears, which was released in February of this year and portrayed our friend, Justin Timberlake in a less than positive light. And his response was to release an apology on February 12th. So it took him about a week or so to come out with this apology, which supposedly he wrote in the notes app. Well, I, although I don't know how people can tell that he wrote it in the notes app or why it matters where you write it. I think this idea of, cause you're right. I'm thrown by that too. Like I don't get this expression yeah. of, Oh, this is clearly a notes app apology, except I yeah. think it's like a millennial Gen Z thing yeah, of saying yeah. like, this is an apology that was written on the fly, meaning just it's insincere. I see. Right. So I he didn't, think he didn't that's spend what it a means. lot of time thinking about it. He just wrote it down, got it out, you know, it, Right. He was well, driving he in his car, opened up notes app, spoke out an apology, <laughs> hit send. All right. And what he said was, I've seen the messages, tags, comments, and concerns, and I want to respond. I am deeply sorry for the times in my life where my actions contributed to the problem, where I spoke out of turn or did not speak up for what was right. I understand that I fell short in these moments and in many others and benefited from a system that condones misogyny and racism. I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, because I care for and respect these women, and I know I failed. I also feel compelled to respond in part because everyone involved deserves better, and most importantly, because this is a larger conversation that I wholeheartedly want to be part of and grow from. He also used his statement to address the flawed music industry that he said sets men, especially white men, up for success. It's designed this way. As a man in a privileged position, I have to be vocal about this, he said. Because of my ignorance, I didn't recognize it for all that it was while it was happening in my own life, but I do not want to ever benefit from others being pulled down ever again. I have not been perfect in navigating all of this throughout my career, he added. I know this apology is a first step and doesn't absolve the past. I want to take accountability for my missteps in all of this, as well as be part of a world that uplifts and supports. I care deeply about the well-being of the people I love and have loved. I can do better and will do better. I mean, you know, it's a lot of words. It's it says a lot of right things. It just yeah. says them 20 years too late. Yeah. Even 10 years too late, you know, five even. I mean, yeah, right. He could have said this so long ago. If if uh, the documentary hadn't come out, he probably wouldn't be saying it now. Oh, not at all. I mean, why would you why would you call attention to yourself for something that's negative? If you mm -hmm. don't have to, right? Um, right, right. 
So I'm going to say this, like I had, I had a lot of feelings about this apology uh, because I watched the Britney documentary first. And although the apology that Justin Timberlake is making, it centers around an incident that happened after they broke up in 2004. Um, the, just the Britney story is so fascinating that, that like it's, it's, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. Um, <laughs> clearly, I don't. What I'm saying is, like, we talked a lot about Britney and the conservatorship, and really, we should have probably started with, like, oh, this was, they, they dated, and then he made this video, and he accuses her in the video of cheating on him, and then here's his apology. But there's just so huh. much around Britney Spears that you really can't talk about. In the conservatorship. She's with, such an interesting person. She's a phenomenally interesting person, and I have had no idea no idea yeah no idea so um, and she seemed early on in 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 her career she seemed to be getting along really well with the paparazzi and you see a lot of pictures of her well in the documentary you see her like sort of having fun with the paparazzi but then she gets weary of it and tired of it and uh, you know as well, as you would she's a she's a nice girl from a small town in the south you're just raised to be polite and so you have all these people around there just trying to earn some money, and you understand that. And so, yeah. and it it's you catch more flies with sugar than honey, vinegar. Why would anybody use vinegar? <laughs> wow! But it's true. <laughs> it is true. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> it is true that you catch more flies with honey than vinegar, and it is also true that that is really this this saying. But so, yeah, I can I can see her being sweet and nice because she is by nature, but also because that's the way that she was raised to be. Um, and yeah, and she <laughs> yes. did kind of uh, get tired of it, very understandably so. And JT's um, apology for their. Uh, their relationship breakup and how he handled it. Um, you know, it rings hollow. It, it's a little too late. So, I mean, basically just kind of... I was just going to say, I mean, let's think about what happened. Like you were saying before the podcast started, they were in their 20s. They had a relationship. Exactly. They didn't get married. They did live together. Um, but what really happened? They broke up. You know, he kind of, kind of vaguely implies that she had cheated on him and she, he did say they'd had sex, which, you know, fuck him for that. But, um, but did what happened, was what happened really all that bad? Is that something that he needs to apologize for 20 years later? Shouldn't he have apologized to Brittany directly and then left it at that? Well, so he says that he did and, um... And Britney's made it very clear over the years that she has a lot of respect for his talent as a musician. There's film of her mm -hmm. dancing to his songs at, uh, at a point yeah. like, I don't know, a few years ago, right? So 15 years after yeah. they break up uh, right. that, you know, she thinks that he's a musical genius. And so, so she has no hard feelings towards what happened. And she also very right. clear to say that although he accused her of cheating, she had some very uh, vague, but yet clever answer for, I can't say that he's technically wrong, but I can't say that he's technically right. So um, did she cheat? Oh, who cares? Who cares? I know. Who cares? It was 20 years ago like and they were 20. 
Yeah, it seems like she probably like kissed a guy or something. It wasn't like she cheated, cheated. She didn't sleep with him. I don't know. That's my my speculation. So don't sue me, Brittany. Or oh, can you about well to be the dad that sues? <laughs> Get ready for that. Oh yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Well, no. Fortunately, no one will ever hear this podcast. So <laughs> um, yeah. So I think the only reason he's coming out with this now is for the publicity, uh, and I think it's working for him. Just like uh, dating her worked for him and doing what he did to Janet Jackson worked for him. Well, so the Janet Jackson one we'll have to uh, table for another episode because another there, that's yeah. a whole other ball game right there. So we're getting two for one. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty torn about this Justin Timberlake apology because I really just want to hate it for being so late. And yet um, mm-hmm. Brandy Carlisle, who is one of my favorite people, said um, to Justin Timberlake, uh, I don't know if this was over Twitter, I imagine it was, I can't wait to see how you get involved with elevating women and marginalized people. You're an inspi- <laughs> you're an inspiring dude to me. Huh. So she's a fan. Because, right, I agree. If, that, if the first sentence was the only thing there, <laughs> like... I would like that. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Let's see what you do, buddy. Um, yeah. But the fact that she then concludes with, you're an inspiring dude to me, means that's not snarky. She actually yeah, feels like serious. he can do some... And maybe, I mean, maybe he will do some good. Maybe he can do some good. He's... Maybe he will. He is an interesting person to me. Um, so in this, let's, let's backtrack to 2004 when Justin Timberlake Mm -hmm. and Britney Spears broke up. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had an interview with Barbara Walters, um, and she asks him about like, so Britney Spears cheated on you. Do you have anything you want to say about that? (laughs) And so this is him as, I don't know how early twenties, I don't know if he was 24 Mm -hmm. or 22, early twenties. And he says, we're not perfect. I don't judge anybody. It's just young love. It's just young love. It was a very intense relationship, that's for sure. During the same interview, um, Timberlake performed a song called Horrible Woman, which included the lyrics, so you had your chance to be my lover. I guess you needed something more undercover. And you know that ain't cool, so let's skip the drama. Call your mama. Um, Feels like a very 20-year-old move, right? Yeah. But I'm going to say that I did like that that statement of kind of, well, there's hard, there's really not anybody's fault. We're just young. Like, it, yeah. it feels like there's some intelligence there. And so following the Barbara, I almost said Streisand. Oh, my God. I am <laughs> being Streisand. haunted, haunted by these three <laughs> women. Um, so... When Justin Timberlake was with Barbara Streisand, (laughs) he told her, no, but so, so following the Barbara Walters interview, he's on the radio and he's, uh, on some urban R and B show and he's talking about, you know, what life was like with Britney and the interviewer is asking him, well, you know, did you, and uses the F word and Timberlake says, yeah, sure. Right. Um, then he kind of like starts to half backtrack, but then not really. And so um, the thing that Timberlake is is fighting against during this era, 
right? Because today he's Justin Timberlake. Today he's been in movies. Right. Today he has albums out. Today right. everybody knows who he is, right? But then he wasn't. And he was one bad song away from becoming Vanilla Ice. Yeah. He could have been Yeah, he was just some kid forgotten. that had been in NSYNC, and it, no one took him seriously, as I recall. He was just like a little pop star. Yeah, exactly. He was a little too uh, sweet looking for the type of music that he was playing, Um and I've never heard a single Justin Timberlake song. Oh, you've heard I'm Bringing Sexy Back. Have I? It was every okay. grocery store, every <laughs> gas station. Every, you've heard it. Oh I've heard it. You've heard it. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, aside from that, no. I'll say like a few clips that I've heard while doing some research in this. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, that's pretty all right. Like, huh. I wouldn't necessarily listen to the whole album. But this piece would get my attention in a grocery store for a few minutes. I'd shazam it to find out, like, is this something I want to hear more of later? Um, And my shazam is filled with songs that I've never listened to again later. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So so not a super, super great guy. And then did you look at the video he created after he broke up and accused Britney Spears of cheating on him? Nope. She had a... I refuse. Britney Spears look alike. Oh, I did see a brief shot of it, and she looks a lot like Britney Spears. Yeah. yeah. And so. Was, yeah. I mean, he was really being blatant about it. Well, and this is sort bastard. of like that Kanye uh, Taylor Swift thing where he had a video right. double of her and he says stuff about her in his song, right? So this is a little bit of that. Timberlake is working out his feelings about the breakup and. Uh, he cast a not nice version of Britney Spears in his own video. I mean, thank God I didn't have access to making music videos when I was in my 20s. Same. And thank God the internet so wasn't bad. around. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm so grateful there was no internet when I was in high school and college and even after. Proof of God. God is looking out for me. Yeah. He waited oh till God. I was wise enough not to take <laughs> off my clothes and be all over the internet. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're, we're I mean, it's bad enough we're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> at our advanced age, these are the toys we're allowed to play with. Um, okay, so let's see here. So, um, uh, where were we going? Because we had uh, the Britney. Oh, right. So, um, so then he spoke to Britney and said in 2004, "Hey, I'm doing this video, mm-hmm. and I've cast a lookalike, but it's not really a big deal." Just want you to know that it's going to be coming out. And she it was would. like, okay, great. And then at the time, she said in an interview um, that she didn't it, she didn't see a pre-release of Timberlake's yeah. Cry Me a River video. So she says, I hadn't seen it. Then it came out and I said, I should have freaking said no to this shit. I was so wow. like, whoa, what is going on right now? Um, which, you know, yeah. Uh, but again, that's yeah. a decision that's a 20 year, it's the thinking of a 20 year old. If I called you yeah. up and said, Hey, I made a video and I have a cast to look like a view Juliet in it. You would say, send me that damn thing. Now <laughs> you need a, a release statement <laughs> from like, me. Uh, I'd like to see this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You wouldn't be like, Oh, okay, great. But a 20 year old absolutely would. Um, yeah, sure, honey. Go sure. ahead. Right. 20 year old me would have been like, great. Uh, <laughs> Make me famous. Let's see. Oh, and then, um, so this part's a little, 
little bumpy in our trying to smooth out the Justin Timberlake road here, like, you know, not so much the benefit of the doubt, but pers- not, and not even both sides of the story, but just like, you know, not to be so one-sided. But this is this is the one. What am I saying? I'm saying you're not going to like this next bit. I'm I'm preparing you in a very gentle way. Go for right. it. So in uh, 2013, he was going to perform "Crimey River," and he told the crowd, "Sometimes in life, you think you found the one, but then one day you find out that she is just some bitch." <laughs> he Jeez. denied that he was speaking about Britney Spears via Twitter, and I can tell you right now. If I had conservatorship of Justin Timberlake, I'm taking away your Twitter account. You're not tweeting anymore because you don't know the power of Twitter. Um, And so he says that he wasn't uh, talking about Brittany. And he says, "Okay, I see you would disrespect anyone personally ever. Hashtag relax. Hashtag it's Brittany's (laughs) bitch. I do love that saying, though, with accent. Hashtag respect. All right, so yeah, fine. Okay. Gotcha, Justin. That's, uh, I uh, I think the thing is, and th- this is just me making this up, right? But this is what fits yeah. the story for Justin Timberlake's character that I have written for myself, and that is he's a nice guy from the South who's really sweet, and he wants to appear like some sort of a badass, and so every now and then. He says and does something that he thinks a badass would do, and then it blows up all over him because he's not a badass. Huh. Well, that's interesting because I think he's a sociopath. I mean, I'm not going to (laughs) say. I think he's only out for himself. He wants publicity and success at the cost of anyone else's career or, um, you know, happiness. I'm I'm not going to say you're too wrong on that. uh, And that would just be based on the (laughs) Janet Jackson uh, thing that should be our next one or maybe future one. We'll do it. Um, because wow is all I can say. Um, so, okay. So speaking of Janet Jackson, and let's get down to the authenticity of, of this apology, unless there's more that you want to fill in. Go ahead. Cool. So I would like to talk about how five years ago, uh, Justin Timberlake had an opportunity to apologize to Janet Jackson and did not. Instead, um, he presented himself to be the victim So what happened and why? So uh, there's a black journalist named Ernest Owens. And at some point, I didn't look too much into this. So everybody, please forgive me if I say something that sounds really interesting and you want to know more about. There's this thing called Google and just like Mm -hmm. you'll find it. So um, let's see. So Ernest Owens, who is a black journalist, tweeted Justin Timberlake in 2016. Um, Owens, who is a black queer journalist, was retweeting Timberlake's praise of the actor Jesse Williams' 2016 BET award speech in which Williams condemned police brutality as well as the entertainment Mm -hmm. industry's gentrification of black culture. And I would say Mm -hmm. that you can't argue that Justin Timberlake has taken aspects of black culture and appropriated Mm -hmm. them, right? He's done the Mm -hmm. Elvis move of, hey, this is great. I'm going to present this because I like this music. And all right, cool. You like this music. But and I can't get into appropriation uh, because it's too. Why can't I? That's dumb. Why did I say that? It's too big a a conversation. Right. For this podcast. For this podcast. This close to the end of the show. Um, 
Yeah. So in looking at like the sincerity of this apology that Justin Timberlake made, I will say that there was some stuff on Twitter uh, between Timberlake and a black journalist where the black journalist said, hey, you're going to apologize to Janet Jackson. And Timberlake's response was something like, oh, you're such a lovely person. Once you realize we're all the same, you'll... um, We'll realize, yeah, we can start having this conversation by. He was really condescending. Very condescending. And so. He said, oh, you sweet soul. Which feels like that Southern expression. Uh, What do they call that? Bless your heart. Yes, that's it. Bless your heart. That's like, oh, you're really (laughs) stupid. Uh, (laughs) Fuck you. Yeah. 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 So. uh, So should we rate the apology? We should rate the apology. But I think there could be two ratings here. Like, uh, how do you feel about the authenticity of it? And then in terms of like a PR move, is this going to work for him? Oh. Because that's all Um, this is, is a PR move. Right. Oh, Um, totally. Okay. So. Okay. I don't know. Should we? I mean. Yeah, let's rate it. I. I. I rate it, and I will rate it a one. Um, I will rate it, and I will rate it a three. So we're both at the lower end of the spectrum. Um, I might be mixing in my PR stuff. I guess, like, on a personal level, I would say, like, this is totally just a one. But I I do feel like the words are right. The timing is wrong. The timing is poor, and I think he won't do anything. So he says, you know, he wants to be part of this larger conversation, but I don't think he's going to be part oh, of any Justin, larger conversation. don't talk. That's, that is so. rule number one with you. Do not talk. You're not allowed any conversations. You can donate some money, open up a charity, uh, make some appearances at some fundraisers, right? Uh, yeah. you, you have a large platform. You could definitely do some good in the world. Are you going, will your words, your talking words really ever <laughs> change anybody's heart and mind? Eh, I mean, you've got nope. fans, but I don't think so. No, nope. Maybe your songs nope. will. So maybe, you, you know, I don't know on your own. Yeah. You're, you're a dangerous weapon, your words. So how about as a PR stunt? I mean, it's, okay, so it's a seven. I mean, it's not super original to come out and, and apologize like that, but they are taking kind of a risk by having him say, I know that this is insufficient and I know this is just the beginning and I will be right. making good because it's also that... Um, we just did this apology where it was like they threw a gauntlet down and said, this marks the moment. Was it the New York Times apology? I don't know. We some. I don't remember. Have we done a previous podcast? No. Hi. <laughs> I'm Juliet. <laughs> I'm Theo. <laughs> and at this point, I wish I was Juliet because you're making much more sense than I am. No, we did an apology about... Uh, about something that was racial and it was I don't remember any of the the does it matter not really <laughs> not, their apology mattered yes I mean that that mattered yes. and and the good oh yeah. it was the APA oh okay okay sure yeah I know I totally remember that <laughs> Well, I rate this apology as a PR stunt. I give it a three because I think um, if it really was an app 
a notes app apology, then uh, he could have done better. I don't know if he consulted anyone before he wrote this. It kind of seems like he must have because there's some things that I don't think uh, Justin Timberlake would say on his own. Um, so somebody must have helped him write this. But uh, it's, you know, it gets three points because it's not nothing, but it's not very good. I'm glad you're not my client because <laughs> I gave it a much higher mark. I'm glad yeah. I wasn't a 10, though. Oh, do you have an apology or an apology that you are deserved? What are you talking about? <laughs> I know you're always right, but maybe somebody did something to you last week. I mean, I suppose the weather deserves owes you an apology. I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think of something that would be like a Justin Timberlake esque themed apology kind of thing. And the short, oh, I do have an apology. I think this this will be fair. I want to apologize yeah. to the Free Britney uh, movement because when oh. it first started, I thought it was a not that it was a joke, but I thought, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. It's silly. Right? Yeah. And I was wrong. Um, I was very yeah. wrong. And I did not realize I'm how still not sure whether she needs to be a conserv- in a conservatorship or not. I mean, I'm, my mind has been opened a little bit to the possibility that she might actually require a conservatorship. But I bought the T-shirt, so um, I think I'm on Brittany. Team Brittany. Oh, I'm totally on Team Brittany. I, I know that. So my apology is is to those very kind, very thoughtful souls who are doing the work to help this woman at least get one of her wishes, one of her desires uh, in terms yeah. of her care. And that is not yeah. having her father be legally responsible for her. So good work, you guys. So and uh, you've made me even writer. <laughs> okay how about you do you own anybody apology so yeah i owe um i owe an apology because i got the job that i applied for so i apologize for killing it <laughs> <laughs> i really don't have any other apologies hey, that's it that's great i mean <laughs> I'm going to say you don't need to apologize for that. You're fine. <laughs> need to apologize. All right. Uh, I think that's it for us this week. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Oh, thank God. We appreciate you. <laughs> Some podcast episodes are better than others. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>